Well, Julie is finally fucking here. What's up, everybody? Maybe should I not say the F word in the first moment? Hopefully yeah. it's fine. It's Julie, fine. Julie is here. Julie is finally freaking here. Are you going to introduce me? Um, Everybody, this is Juliana Winters. Um, She doesn't like to be called... What is it? Juliana. Juliana. Juliana's wrong. Wrong. Wait, did I say that? You said Juliana, I think. Uh-oh. It wasn't something that was, you know, like obvious to me. Okay. Shit. I might, that's why I don't introduce people because I say their names wrong. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, honestly, it doesn't fucking matter who you are. You're here and yeah. you have a whole list of shit to talk about. I do. I do. Everybody, I came prepared. So Yes. And she, she has stories and she has advice and she just a found woman yes so found so um deliciously wise everybody's gonna be learning a lot from me today so yes i'll just start from Go the ahead. fucking beginning i'm excited because a lot of this stuff you don't know i don't know yeah it's like too much to yeah talk about. and i purposefully pur- oh yes. there we go Purpose- purposefully told you to save it yeah for our episode together. Yeah. I think I overshared in the audio messages I sent you. I don't think you heard them. So I think you did a good thing. Oh, they, Just, they made me laugh. I I, yeah. hope, I wish I saved them and could replay them when I'm in a dark place. Oh, you They're know that what? funny. Oh, I, I have them. I'll just save them for you. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Take it away for us. So um, I grew up in a really- Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I just thought it would be funny if I said- um, so why don't you start at your childhood? Let's let's start there. <laughs> so I was born um, yeah. right down the street, actually. Um, I actually, just for like context, guys, <laughs> I, oh, I tell Julie that I always feel like so awkward saying to people like, why don't you start at your childhood? Even though that is such a crucial time, like I believe at your childhood is really where everything is like Truly. formed and begins. So yeah. it's like, but anyway, not to interrupt you, go ahead. I won't do it again. I'm yeah, going to get yelled what? at. Screw you. Fuck me. Okay, go. Yeah, there's your intro, everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'll start my childhood. Um, I grew up in like a really, uh, like, I'm going to talk about this a lot, but I grew up in a very like wealthy household community, that kind of vibe. Uh, My dad's a doctor. My mom is like a journalist, writer. But, you know, I grew up in a big house in a fancy neighborhood. I, you know, rubbed elbows with a lot of fancy people. You know what I mean? So I kind of had like a an interesting upbringing in that way. Um, Like we were the kind of family who took vacations every year. We were, um, you know, just very fortunate or whatever. And that kind of, that kind of thing. So this is important because things change and people change and finances do change. Yes, they do. Anyway. So I had a pretty like happy childhood. We didn't have anything to worry about really. Like, you know, listening to your episodes with Jen or Brandon and like their family, they had some pretty significant struggles. We didn't have to deal with that. So, you know, the struggles that I did have were there, but they were different. And they were because um, I was like the classic rich horse girl. That's who I was. Can I ask you something? I want your opinion on this. And it's funny because for those of you that don't know, I grew up on both sides of it in a way because I, you know, I started out with the public school and then I went to private school for a little while. Then I went back to public school. So I feel like I got a glimpse of slightly both, you know, lives and I had a lot of wealthy friends. Yeah. Um, but you know how people will say it's like usually the, the rich spoiled kids that have like the problems with like drugs and stuff like that. Not saying you, but I mean, do you, did you find that to be true? Like when you were in private school and stuff like that? Yeah. I think there's definitely, a slew of different things that can go wrong. Yeah. And um, I remember we actually, like when I was at my school, we had this guy come in and talk about his drug habit. Mm-hmm. He was like an uh, NBA player 
His name's Chris Heron, so if you want to look him up, you can. But he talked about that. He said that, like, he he's a public speaker. He goes to all these high schools and talks about drugs. And he said, the without doubt, the people with the worst drug problems who would always be dismissive of him were the richest kids. Yeah. Um, because the way he put it was, like, you have everything just laid out on a platter in front of you from birth. You don't have that inherent struggle of, like, you know, food being on the table or you know, like really serious conflicts. So you kind of look for risks in other ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that does happen a lot in like private school, rich communities, like lots of shit like that. For me personally, no, but it definitely did happen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so like growing up, I like my parents were always really great at letting me and my sister's do whatever we wanted in terms of like sports. Like they always encouraged us to do anything we wanted. So I was a horse girl. I was obsessed with it. I lived, breathed, not ate, but I might as well have been eating horses. Horse manure. Maybe I was eating that. Horse ass. Yes, horse. (laughs) But it was like out of control, okay? Yeah. I actually really liked horses too. Yeah. I didn't ride them that much, Mm -hmm. but like I had like horse – calendars and like yeah. I was obsessed with like the Mustang and then I also like the Mustang cars like yeah. it was like this whole thing but no, I wasn't like horse girl like oh, you, I, I was slapping my ass galloping in the fucking playground okay. that was me um it's to this day so humiliating that I can barely talk about it maybe that's why I'm so nervous today I'm like oh my god people are gonna learn this horrible thing about me even though it's it's just embarrassing okay I don't think I don't know why being a horse girl is embarrassing it my, I, I, there was a time where my usernames were like horse oh, something. Yeah. yeah, mine was horse. Or like Royal. Mustang 97 or something. Yeah, that's cool. I like you know? that. Yeah. We, maybe we would have been friends. Maybe we went to I the think same. we would have. You rode horses too, right? Like not that often. I think maybe once. Oh my God. I, but I, I like, I thought they were very beautiful. I still think yeah. they're such beautiful animals. They are, yeah. And they're really interesting because they really can like sense your emotions and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but now, but now Julie's embarrassed of that. But so. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but like as a kid, I was like, I was that girl, and I rightfully so got bullied in school and for being a horse girl. For being a, I was like everything bad that you could be as a girl. I was a horse girl. I was a wolf girl, and I was a mermaid girl all at the same time. Okay, I was everything okay. that you know you could be. I was the vampire girl. Oh, love I, that. I'm really thinking we would have been friends. No, we probably would have been. Okay. I, I get the sense that maybe you're the kind of person who's like, you know. Did you do that ever? Um, no, I, I think I was a little bit worse than. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you didn't. Like I took, people? I took actual blood. I think <laughs> <laughs> you're just biting people's necks in the yes. fucking playground. Yes, you know that's good. Um, but yeah, so I got bullied, rightfully so. I'm actually proud of everybody that ever bullied me because thank you. You made her who she is today. You made me who I am, and also you were correct. You were right. Um, thank you. So. Um, I had friends, but I definitely got bullied. And like as a kid, you, you know, you're still kind of dumb because you're a child. <sighs> okay, I shouldn't say that, but you're you're no, not as perceptive, yeah, you don't ha- and you don't have the experience yet. Right, you're young. So like you know, you're a kid, and you kind of see like who's popular in school. And at my school, the people who were popular were the meanest kids. Like they're the people who are bullying everybody, and. They're the ones who had the most friends. So me being me, I'm like, okay, <laughs> noted. Right. If I want to be liked, I got to be mean. So, okay, I kind of internalized that. And, um, you know, 
Also, another thing I wanted to talk about, along with the animal shit, like as a kid, Mm -hmm. I was so obsessed with animals and all things, you know, wolf and horse, but mostly like at this point in my life, maybe fourth grade, I was, (laughs) I was on the internet a lot. Okay. And I was um, dabbling in activism. So I, there's this thing called Defenders of Wildlife, and it's basically this website where It's like people who get together to defend wildlife and they write letters. This is so funny because I was really into like PETA. Really? Yeah. And like all of that. Like I wrote so many papers growing up on like saving animals and like the circus and stuff like that. Oh my God. Me and Julie are meant to be. No, we're like freaking kindred spirits here. You were just more, I think you were more proactive than I was. I might have like thought these things but didn't actually do them. You're like on there like, I'm going to get you fuckers. No joke. I was literally writing emails to our senator like everybody in this area area and i was making youtube videos about how sarah palin um i think she's a former governor of alaska was killing wolves Mm because she would like it was well documented she she like i think she had a purse made out of seal flesh just like why would you have that hello child here's her here's her daily hello hello little miss i just stared at her anus oh kitty thank you for saying hi Somebody wrote on the last video that they like wait for That's the cat sweet. presents. I wait for, I wait for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was doing all that shit. But it was like a really important part of my life was this yeah. whole wildlife stuff. So when I hit middle school, by the way, I went to the same school throughout elementary and middle and upper. Same school the entire time. And it's small, small mm-hmm. school. Um, and so the setup is weird. Be careful, child. I know. I was thinking about that. Um, Kitty, come here. Go ahead. So the setup is really weird at my school because the, uh, like, your elementary school is co-ed. Right. But then it splits off into single sex, but you're on the same campus. Yeah. So there's, like, a little bit of overlap. Like, if you wanted to be in the play, you'd be able to interact with boys or... Some classes have, like, co-ed, except in middle school. Like art, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. That was in... Like in high school is when you kind of interact more. Middle school, they pretty much separate you except for the school play. Okay. That's it. Um, and mixers, which I'm sure you went to. Oh, back, yeah, I back did. In, in my little squirts. Oh, in my yeah. Ha- my Hollister and Abercrombie clothes. You know, it's funny what you like at that age you think looks good to like right. boys and stuff. It's like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. And I, always, I mean, I've said this before, I think. But like I felt the most confident and hottest, I think, when I was like. A middle schooler. Yeah. Like I just up. thought I was just all of that same. and a bag of chips. And yeah. I really was a bag of bones. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just, you, it's like a, okay. It's another level of confidence. It middle is. school confidence is just like. Especially when no you other. tap into that like mean bullying side. Oh yeah. Like it's Which like we'll this like into. power or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. for sure. Yeah. Um, And so like the beginning of middle school was weird for me because basically like. I was still horseback riding and stuff, but I took a break. I moved to a different like barn and stuff. And at a certain point, my dad was like, okay, I see a lot of head injuries in my work Mm -hmm. and like people who ride horses get injured a lot. Yeah. You're going to stop now. So that being like a huge part of my life just vanished all of a sudden. Were you really upset about that? I was really set. Okay. Like, so there was like no option. It was like, you're stopping. Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, I, I respect his choice because, yeah. of course, you don't want your kid getting paralyzed from a sport. Right. And horseback riding is genuinely a very dangerous sport. Um, but that same year, 
Um, this is crazy, but I I had two dogs growing up, mm-hmm. and they're these little miniature pinchers. So they're like you know yeah. this big, and they were like unruly little things. Okay, they were crazy, mm-hmm. and they <laughs> it was horrible. Okay, they they would run out. They would get out mm-hmm. of our uh like fence basically. Yeah. And one day in like January, my my one of my dogs, my my best friend, like my oh, freaking God. boy, he got hit by a car and died. Like. It was horrible. Literally, it was one of these moments where you're just like broken. Yeah. I, I don't know how to I can't, yeah. describe it. It's just when you lose a pet like that so suddenly, right. oh my God, it's like, it's some of the worst grief I've ever had in my right. life. And um, after that happened, um, you know, there was, uh, my street was busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So little me, I was 11. I decided... I'm going to write to the state and tell them that there's really, there's a really bad speeding problem on my street. My dog died because of it. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I wrote. How old were you? I was 11. Okay. I, I wrote a letter handwritten to, I think the sheriff. And I said, Hey guys, I'd really appreciate it. If you sent some state troopers out here or something to monitor the speeding problem in my yeah. area. And maybe a few weeks later, we got a call from the sheriff. Really? And he was like, Hey, we got your letter. I really appreciate that you, you know, you said that there's a problem and you offered a solution. So we're going to give you the solution. Wow. And so they had these cops out on our street yeah. monitoring. And uh, one day I was going to dinner with my friend and she lived really close to me. So we were just speeding down the road. <laughs> we got pulled over. It was because of me. Oh. It was because of me. Uh, don't know how much they got out of that little right. tryst in my neighborhood, but... They got us. Yeah. Um, and that was that. So I just wanted to let you guys know, like, I've always been an activist. I've always cared about the planet. And, right. um, you know. At 11 years old, you're getting fucking yeah. road changes <laughs> and shit. I mean. Yeah, it was wild. That I feel like that does say a lot, though, because, like, a lot of 11-year-olds are not doing that. I I think it's partly, like, my parents. My mom was involved politically. Like, right. she, she worked in politics yeah. and stuff like that. So I think maybe she was like, oh. Well, it's funny because remember I told you like that was always my like one mm-hmm. of my before actually knowing you that was always one of my main yeah. like perspectives of you. Was, yeah, like, she's very smart, Ugh. very into politics. Like she knows her shit. Oh, well, like you know you. what I mean. Like that's I, always how I. I appreciate that. Yeah, and then just all of these stories and like senior <laughs> videos of you like you know being an activist. Like it just confirmed yeah. all of those thoughts. Yeah, so. just I really cared. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Basically, after these two things happening, quitting horseback riding and my dog dying in a really, like, tragic, horrible way, I was like, okay, this chapter of my life is closed. I'm no longer animal girl. I need to change my personality. And I need to start being a bitch. Like, you actually, like, do you remember this, like, distinct change or it just, like, slowly happened? I think it was more slow. Okay. Um, I think it was, like, so after you finish, like, a part of your life, especially a part of your life that is embarrassing mm-hmm. inherently. Like being a horse girl was very embarrassing for me. And the fact that I went to this this tiny school with literally there were 20 girls in my class at yeah. this point and maybe like 50 boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. You still have some contact with them. Yeah. And so you are horse girl. Mm-hmm. You need to, you know, change. So I went hard left. You know, I one minute I was horse girl, kind hearted little horse girl. Next I was Bitch Supreme. Okay. You bitch know? Supreme. Bitch Supreme. Sounds like something on the Taco Bell menu. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so I just decided like actively I was going to overcompensate and just like project this 
um, kind of like, I kind of like built a wall around myself. Okay. I'm embarrassed by myself. So I need to like really just. And you also have this pent up anger of the dog and the horse. Yeah. It's just fucking broken, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was just done for. Mm -hmm. And you know, my problems at home were small at this point. Like my parents honestly were never like the loving, like, Oh, we're going to kiss each other in front of our kids type Mm -hmm. of parents. We never had that vibe, but there was nothing really, really wrong yet in our, in our household. Like, I mean, of course, there's shit that comes up here and there, but it wasn't to, you know, a horrific degree. So yeah. I was just really like focused on my, you know, personal transformation mm-hmm. into Bitch Supreme. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So at this point, like sixth grade, you know, we're like my friend group. I was so popular. We would do these giant Skype calls mm-hmm. where we would have like 60 people in a Skype and we would just like talk shit we would prank call our parents we would do all this stuff and bully each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's what you do as uh i guess a 12 year old you just bully you bully people i was gonna say like everything that you're saying too is like i feel like a lot of what people do like we did the skype calls we did the prank call like those are all the things that i feel like you go through yeah you know what i mean like in the i mean you're i feel like at that age you're experimenting in so many different ways you know what i mean yeah it's just like you're bored. You want yes. to find something to do. And the, the fun shit to do is prank call yeah. you know, whoever. Harass. Harass. Mm-hmm. Correct. Like, Hence I remember- why a lot of people that harass me and us online are ex- in their experimenting phase. Yeah. I mean, they're probably little babies. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, I it's we understand. It yeah, we get there. it. I, you know, you're bored. You need something to do. Yeah. So come so just us. take it. Yeah. Take it out on us. Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get it right. <laughs> so like. Uh, once I, th- I would say like s- sixth grade was my, you know, mean, meanest year yeah. probably. And in the meantime, like I also grew up religious or whatever. Like my parents were Catholic. We went to church. We did the whole nine. And in sixth grade, I decided I was atheist. I was like, yeah, don't believe in God anymore. Everything's bullshit. And I also decided to, um, let everybody know. Do you think that you did that because it was kind of like pushed on you at such a young age? Or do you think it was just part of this like kind of rebellious phase? It was, I think it was more rebellion. Okay. I, like, honestly, I, I did genuinely believe it. Like okay. I was very like, okay, I genuinely believe this. I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with Catholicism. I don't like, not like, but I just wasn't, I wasn't religious anymore. Okay. And that was... That was that, but I also needed to express that in a very annoying and public way. And that was the rebellious part of it, if that makes sense. So, you know, I told my parents, of course, they're like, what the fuck is going on with you? You know, they're they're disappointed. They're like, oh, shit, we're okay. We're locking this down. Mm -hmm. We're not telling anybody that you're an atheist in our family because like their families are both very religious and they have every right to be no problem with that. But, you know, to them, it's an embarrassment to have a child who's like, God sucks at 11, 12 years old. Um, (laughs) So seventh grade hits, okay? This is, um, I think, maybe the most embarrassing of all. I was um, a One Direction fan like crazy. It was like half of my identity was One Direction. The other half was atheism. That that was it. So I was like horrible to be around but okay. i tell you like the worst person uh-huh to hang around like that was you that was me okay. i was insufferable i was so full of myself i literally thought i was the smartest person on the fucking planet i was like 
you know, I go to religious school, so we have religious classes. And I remember being like, yeah, you're all fucking dumb. <laughs> like out loud you said that? I would say, like, yeah. if I thought you were saying something stupid, I would tell you. Right. I would tell you. Yeah. And I had no problem doing that. Um, just a bitter little girl, just man. A, yeah, just bitter yeah. as fuck. And like, the funny thing is, like, my problems, my real problems really hadn't started right. yet. Um. <laughs> and well, so, it does make me wonder, like, what it is that kind of makes some kids go through that phase. Like, yeah. is it is it, like I don't I don't really know if at that age you can be insecure. Like, people might disagree, but mm-hmm. like, how much do you really know at that young right. of an age to like? I mean, I I get that you're kind of just now like you know realizing things about your body maybe and comparing yeah. yourself, but I just feel like my insecurities are way bigger as I get older mm-hmm. than they were then. Yeah. But it makes me wonder because you know as we've talked about, like I went through that too of just being a horrible person. I mean, yeah. even I'll look back at. I mean, not now because I don't have access to them, but like there was old videos. Me and Rachel used to make these music videos all the time because yeah. that was in style. And like the videos of us of like the behind the scenes clips of us filming these bits. It's like that was my best friend and just like my voice and the way that I would respond. I mean, I was evil. Yeah. Like there was no, I don't even know how she was my friend or I had a friend. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, no move or like, I'll do it. And it was just like, who, like, I don't remember, you know, it was so long ago that I don't remember, but I'm like, did I act that way towards my mom? Was I like that at home? Like, was I just like that with my girlfriends? And like, even Claudia would say when her and I first became friends, I still had some of that. And like, it would make her cry at times because I was so used to being like, you're such a bitch. And like, she wasn't used to being, you know, because that's what me and Rachel were just, she, I always say Rachel's the one that taught me like my vocabulary of cuss words. And then Claudia was like the innocent friend that came along when I was like beginning of high school. And like, I feel like that's when we start to balance each other out. But Mm -hmm. like, um yeah it just makes me wonder like where that I mean like you said maybe because even for me growing up like I was bullied too for many different reasons many different times and it's funny because like many people would say to me like oh you were in the popular group or like you were somebody that everyone knew and I was like okay maybe that's true technically but like I also was targeted like people would like you know, I would post a more scandalous photo. People would like make fun of it or say something about it, make that known. Like yep. people were saying I was like a slut of the school. People, you know, because I was trying shit out before other people. So it's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you can you can be well known, but you can still be bullied in a way. And I For feel sure. like it makes me wonder if what you said was true kind of in my case too. Like when you said growing up, you saw that the bullies were like the popular ones. So you must become that to yeah. get that attention. Yeah, I have like no idea. Yeah, protecting yourself almost. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if I was a cunt because of that too. But conti- Maybe. But to continue. Literally. I, it's it's very possible. Yeah. I just, feel like it's, it's almost like a defense mechanism. Right. And like, I don't know about you, but going to a very small school where everybody's kind of at each other's throats, it's almost like, it, it's like kill or be killed. Yeah. So everybody's, just kind of on high alert all the time being mean to each other because they think okay that either that makes me popular or like i'm just protecting myself like if if i'm a bitch then people will know not to be a bitch to me or whatever the fuck you know it's 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 silly it's you know it's your childhood kind of like molding into adulthood but you you can't really navigate it it's weird yeah and um yeah like when i was in seventh grade i was just really struggling with my um uh personality let's just say that and i'm gonna tell a story that i think people need to hear i've told it publicly a couple times but i don't i don't know if i've told you this but in seventh grade um i 
I was turning 13 in October or whatever. And October was the month where seventh graders go on this trip to like a campsite. And it's just... What was it called? Echo Hill. Did you ever Okay, know no, I went to Genesee Valley. Okay, yeah, I remember, okay. I remember those trips yeah. too. Um, we never took those, but... Okay. Similar, similar vibe. So you go to this camp, you know, you're under these like bug nets. It's just like not good. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a five-day trip. And the final day was my birthday. So the Friday that we're leaving. And that entire trip, I did not take a shit. Couldn't. Mm-hmm. Because the bathrooms at this place were just rancid. It was like the smell of sawdust, shit, piss, and that pink gas station soap. You know that smell? Ew, Julie. I can't believe you like remember the exact it's, scent. Okay? It's so vivid in my head. Like mm-hmm. I can smell it now. Yeah. And it was so bad that I could be in there for longer than it took to just mm-hmm. pee. I couldn't shit. And uh, it was so bad that some girls were literally like going to the bathroom in the woods. Like yeah. they weren't. And that was a whole problem in itself. But anyway, the day of my birthday, I'm li- I'm full of five days worth of crap. Yeah. And the last day we have lunch and they have me skip around the room in front of uh, like a hundred kids that I don't know. They don't go to my school. Why were you skipping around the room? This is my birthday. They're like, okay. They told skip you to do this. Okay. Literally. It's, okay. It's humiliating. Okay. And uh, so I had to do that <laughs> full of crap, literally just, just chunked up in there in that, you know, 13 year old body. And then I finally get home, okay? I thought you were going to say you shit your pants when you were skipping. <laughs> you know, that would have made it significantly worse. But it will it will get worse. So I uh, I got home. My first task, shit, okay? okay? I was on the toilet for maybe two, three hours. Long time. <laughs> and I uh, later on that night, you know, as is custom, you know, your parents give you a birthday cake. And what did I get on my birthday cake? It said, happy birthday, Audrey. That's my sister's name. It said, happy birthday, Audrey. And I said, excuse me? I just shit for three hours. (laughs) And you're going to give me a birthday cake that says, happy birthday, Audrey? Okay. Interesting. So my parents hate me. And then later on that night, Audrey was out. Mm -hmm. And um, my eldest sister, Lauren, was like at college. So she wasn't home. But Audrey was home. And she was in high school. And, (laughs) And I... Get a text from Audrey saying, hey, I left this shirt in mom's room. Can you go grab it real quick? I'm coming by to just pick it up. And so it's like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So I just do, 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 walk right over to my parents' room. And um, they are fucking. My parents are fucking. Wait, you saw it or you heard I it? I heard the grunts. I heard the bed. No. And oh, I- What a horrible birthday, Julie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I swear to you, like. In all my years, was this, of, they started fucking after they gave you the Audrey cake. I guess they're like, oh, <laughs> they're like, oh, great, we really <laughs> did a good one today. Yeah, let's go, team. And then they just, you what know, the fuck, took it to the bedroom. Okay, <laughs> okay. But it was just, um, you know, not what you want to hear on your birthday. No. You don't want to. I don't ever want to think about my parents groaning. No. So hearing it was just another story, and that was the only, the, literally, the one and only time that ever happened. Yeah. I ever heard anything. And so the second that happens, second I hear it, I bolt to the other side of the house. And like my house was pretty big. So Uh like just literally if you have like an east wing and a west wing, I went from both. East to west. Just east to west. Gone. And I say this. This is how I end the story every time because it's true. It is the only time I've ever actually contemplated killing myself. (laughs) It is. 
It's the one time I've been like, yeah, that is, that's a good option. That's, yeah. Oh my God. And I called my sister. I said, yeah, you're not getting your fucking shirt. I'm not going in there. Oh my God. Did you ever tell your parents you heard it? The next day. What did they say? I was like, you guys scarred me for life. And they're like, oh, well, okay. I, they felt bad. I think they're embarrassed. Yeah. And, you know, I tell the story like to everybody I meet just because I think it's so funny. But, right. you know, thanks, guys. No, that's a good story. That's funny. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so this year, like that set the tone for 13. Okay? okay. And it was all downhill from there. So at that point, I'm like One Direction fan. I'm reading fan fiction. I'm doing all this shit. Contemplating I'm suicide. Contemplating suicide in the meantime, too. And... um. <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't know when it happened, but I discovered the band The Clash. And The Clash is like a punk band from 70s, 80s. Okay. And their music is like, you know, it's um, for like a 13-year-old to be listening to. It's like, it doesn't add up. Let's okay. just say that. Um, not that it's like bad, um, like vulgar or anything mm -hmm. like that, but it's like- Hardcore? It's political. It's like oh, really, okay. you know, it's like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided- that I was therefore smarter than everybody in my grade because I listened to a band from the 70s and 80s, okay? Mm -hmm. I was like, everybody's stupid. They're all listening to this drivel. They're listening to Justin Bieber and I'm here listening to The Clash. I'm so much better than them. And this is where my superiority complex just skyrockets, okay? okay? So I already think I'm like smarter than everybody. Mm -hmm. I already think I'm like- God. You know, literally I'm like, and I, you saying that is fucked up, because I actually started a religion and I'm not even joking. I, okay. I said, I am, I am God. Like as a joke, I was like, okay, let's follow Julianism. And <laughs> I, I called myself Jod. And this is so fucked up. Like it makes me sound like such a narcissistic piece of shit. I mean, there was definitely a little twist in the brain and that, that just was, it was something. Just a wee bit yeah. of a twist. You I, know? I, you know, I, I will say to, you know, give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> children are very creative. Yeah. And I think so that you just had. A very creative mind. Active imagination. Yes. For sure. I think you had this, like, you just wanted this power and control. I did. And um, you wanted to rule the people. I did. Mm -hmm. I just saw myself as a leader. I needed to, you know, make sure everybody knew that I was Make there. sure there was never again a horse girl, too. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was massively overcompensating for that this entire time. Like, half of this is just wanting to not be the horse girl okay. anymore. And um, <laughs> so, like, when I'm in sixth or when I'm in seventh grade, like, my parents' marriage starts to hit hit the rocks a little bit, and you know, I'm just starting to see a lot more conflict at home. And so, like, to me, I just sink further into like this. You know, I am superior. I am this. I am that because I just felt so horrible being at home. Mm -hmm. I'd spent as little time as possible as I could at home. I would like always be over at friends' houses or just doing something else, like trying to like put my face in a book or just do something else mm -hmm. that wasn't related to, you know, hearing my parents like yelling at each other or whatever it might've been. And me and my sister, Audrey, like we really didn't get along at this point. So we weren't like buddies. We mm -hmm. weren't hanging out all the time. We had lived very, very separate lives. And so it was just, you know, not the, not the best time ever. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember in, I think eight, this was eighth grade. So I'm like still very much in this phase of like, not, uh, you know, accepting the fact that like shit was really going wrong. I was still very like, I was avoiding it. Um, 
And in eighth grade, like, I remember my parents' marriage got really, really bad. So they're fighting kind of, like, constantly. And it stopped. Well, okay. I don't know if people are going to relate to this. I think they might. But to me, it wasn't sad anymore that my parents were fighting. It was annoying. Because to me, like, in, in my head, I'm saying, okay, clearly you guys aren't getting along. So what are we doing here? Like, just just break up. Um, and I remember one time they were, they were fighting, just yelling at each other for whatever reason. It never went past yelling, by the way. But, you know, they were arguing. And I remember I was doing my homework and I screamed at them from the top of my lungs, take it outside. Like, I don't want to have to listen to this anymore. Just, just go. Because, like, if you're going to keep doing this, you know, let me let me do my homework in mm-hmm. peace. And that was just kind of the vibe. Like my sister was also in high school. She wasn't around that often. So I had to, I, I heard a lot of it. Obviously she did too, but you know, it's like, okay. Just overwhelmingly annoying to me. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time I was like graduating middle school, everything was over. Like there were some, you know, extracurricular activities taking place on my dad's part. And like right when I was graduating was the decision that my mom made to separate and like kick him out. Um, And so, you know, as that was happening, I'm like honestly relieved because I'm like, okay, it's finally over. I don't have to listen to this anymore. And I know it's better long term. I know this is the right thing for them to do. Obviously, in a lot of pain over my parents' marriage just dissolving in front of my face and, you know, when you have a parent that, you know, takes part in, in an act of betrayal, I mean, your view of that parent is completely different. Uh, Maybe even for the rest of your lives. Um, but it definitely takes a toll, you know, yeah. on your relationship with that person. Well, because I think that's like the first form of respect that you yeah. kind of see is like, you know, how your parents treat each other. And then also like if you see one of them do something like that to the other, it like – because I don't think I don't think that they and this is just people in general. But, you know, when you have kids and something like that is done, it doesn't only affect like you and the partner you're with. Yeah. It affects the kids, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like it hurt. It's almost like it's done to to both parties. In exactly. A way. Yeah. And, you know, you're seeing your your parents just complete like their marriage just disintegrate. And mm-hmm. like that is a huge life event. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've always tried to avoid saying that it is because it is such like chump change in comparison to other things that happen in people's lives. Like my, I'm not going to pretend that my struggles aren't admittedly a lot easier to deal with than somebody else. Like that is just fact. Like I, the worst thing I've been through is what I'm about to tell you. And, you know, that's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to play comparisons or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do think too, though, kind of like what we were saying you know, as people, what affects, and it could be something so simple, but what affects one person horribly right. might not affect anyone like at all, even yes. 1%. So it's like at the end of the day, like I feel like a divorce could affect someone just the same as like losing a family member. Yeah. Well, like it really just depends on how somebody, yeah. you know, handles those kind of things. Um, but, you know, when you're a child at any age, I think anything that you go through is going to have an effect on you and just sometimes more than others. So like, yeah. you know, even though it might not be 
that big of a struggle or it might be more of a common thing that happens, it doesn't mean that it doesn't, it didn't like have yeah. a serious effect on you and hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're exactly right. And I appreciate you saying that. Of Thanks. course. Um, so this is like April that my parents are split up and my dad's still living at the house and stuff because I mean, it's, it's a quick transition. You can't just like move like that. Yeah. Um, and other shit was going on that I'm not going to get into just because it's not my story to tell. But parents separate April. I graduate like May or whatever. And my dad's father starts rapidly declining in health. Just like it was, it was like a blink of an eye and he was gone. And, you know, we're kind of fresh off of this new situation we're in. So, um, I had to drive down to the funeral with my, with my dad and my sisters and my mom went separately. And I remember like, this is like the first moment where I was like, oh fuck, this is over because, you know, after the funeral, we were all kind of gathered outside the church and, you know, kind of just talking with everybody. And my dad really didn't acknowledge us like at all. And we're just there like, like any of the kids. It, yeah. It just kind of felt like, okay. Yeah. And it was like that moment that was like the gulf between us and him was just like gigantic. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the moment where you're like, okay, this is, this is over. Right. We're no longer a family. And, you know, not long after that, my mom's dad starts declining in health also very rapidly and he passes away like a month or two later so separation death death and then high school huh mm-hmm. cool um so it was just like a lot at once yeah it was a clusterfuck mm-hmm. it was a lot of things just kind of, it's like when it rains it pours that was that situation and you know you you don't even have time to grieve the first thing in that happened. Like I didn't have time to just process. My parents are separating, you know, there's this big rift between me and my father and okay. Then two deaths that I have to also process at the same time. It's too much. Like my brain, I literally could not handle it. So you get into high school and I was like mega bitch at this Mm -hmm. point. You know, I did like, one thing I wanted to mention to you is like, I wasn't even consciously mean. It would just come out. Yeah. It was just, it like became who you were. Yes. Literally. It was like, you just, you're miserable. And it's not even like you're consciously like, oh, I want to make people miserable too. It's like, it's just not even crossing my right. mind. It's just like radiating off of you naturally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like seeping out right. every which way. So like I said before, um, thinking like if I thought that somebody said something dumb, I would tell them like, like, why are you saying this? Or mm-hmm. just, you know, not being very nice about it. Okay. Just put it that way. Yeah. Was that nice about things? Um, and like at this point, I'm no contact with my dad. I don't talk to him. I'm not. How long would, would you say that you guys didn't talk? Mm, I want to say we did not talk like nicely for like two years. Okay. Probably. Um, and we went maybe like six to eight months without talking at all, I want to say. So just really bad relationship mm-hmm. at that point. And, you know, kind of going along with what I was telling you before of like my music taste and thinking I was so above everybody else. I started just spending most of my time online because I felt like I could find a community there that I couldn't find at school. So I was really into Tumblr. I had like, you know, 
a bunch of followers there. I was on classic rock Tumblr talking about rock music. Um, <laughs> and thing. sex, drugs, and rock and roll, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So a little different than mine, but still the same, just same just, idea. Just a wee bit. I, I wasn't doing anything physically, literally just hanging out with people online and finding communities there. And so when I hit ninth grade, I'm on Tumblr like all the time, but then I also start going on Omegle a lot. Yeah. A lot. I'm talking every day. I would go on alone. Oh, okay. And um, this wasn't even like, I don't even know how to describe like what it made me feel. I think I just got a thrill out of like mm-hmm. messing with people on there and yeah. just talking to different people because I wasn't there to look at the, you know, guys with their dingles out, you know, right. playing with them. That wasn't what I wanted. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to talk to these random strangers and yeah. enjoy myself. Lie about my age. Mm-hmm. I'd say I was 18 when I was 15. Um, so bad decision making starts right now, just really doing some stupid things. And I started acting out in school. Like, you know, one thing about me is that my entire like scholastic career was very, very put together, very much following the rules. I never, ever to this day, I've never cheated on anything. Mm -hmm. Like I did not do that, but I acted out in other ways. So when I was in ninth grade, I literally had beef with my teacher. Like I Yeah, I was like that too. Yeah. I was just like mean to them also. Yeah. And I I really felt like I was justified because, you know, there's this one day in class where she I think I'd missed a class or something or I was late, mm-hmm. something like that. And she had told me to like do what everybody else is doing. She's like, open up your textbook either online or in person and like look up this term. So I was doing it on my online textbook and then she screamed at me for being on my computer. I'm like, you literally just told me to do that. What are you talking about? And she sent me to the back of the room to do it like with a physical book. So I did it. She yelled at me again and I yelled back. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do everything you say because I'm the lowly student and you're the teacher or whatever. That's like pretty much exactly what I said. I don't even know why I said it. Like I was just really pissed off at her. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having, having to deal with her every single year. Um, and we really did not get along. Yeah, she would just um, say things that really upset me. Mm-hmm. Not even upset. I was just like, "Why just are take you saying you off. this?" Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm sure you can relate to. Mm-hmm. If you if you had beef with your teachers, you kind of know. It's like, yes, I, I was I was really bad. I think I told you there was a teacher that uh, she would always try to be nice, but she annoyed me. And I remember that I was just like, "Oh my god!" I was I always would cuss up a storm. I still cuss yep. up a storm to this day, but yep. surprisingly not as bad as I used to. <laughs> But um, I remember that I was cussing and cussing. And she's like, Devor, if you cuss one more time, you're going to go to detention. And I looked at her right in the face and I was just like, fuck. <laughs> and I got detention and I didn't care. But like I was just like I I didn't like people telling me what to do, I yeah. think. I think it's just like it, like I was telling you before, it's pro- it was probably yeah. like this sense of power and control. Totally. And you I just didn't want people to run you. Yeah, it's just – I don't know. When so- some people are just very – I'm also very resistant to being told what to do. For whatever reason. I don't even know where it really comes yeah. from. But I definitely have that. Right. It's like, if I thought that something was just like out of the question dumb mm-hmm. or like just made no sense. Like what she was telling me made no sense to me. Right. Like you're screaming at me for doing Right. And you're not just going to take it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Think I'm going to take this bitch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got accosted for that. Pretty bad. <gasps> um, And so like that is the year where I was just really doing too much online mm-hmm. and I decided to get a Tinder. And at the time, Tinder wasn't only 18 plus. So all you needed to have to be on Tinder was a Facebook account. That was that. 
And so you could be you could be 13 and be on there. Okay. Um, you just couldn't match with anybody like 18 and up, I yeah. think. So I would go on Tinder and I would just like mess with these boys and talk to them or whatever. And so would my friends. Like I had I had two friends where we were always just doing this stuff. And we thought it was so funny. The Omega stuff started, like Omega started it all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're just doing that day in and day out. And then all of a sudden, Tinder comes up with this rule that you can't be on it if you're under 18. Mm-hmm. So we had to find a new way to have access. Did you make like Facebooks that were above 18? You know, that would have been smarter. Okay. But I mean, actually, I feel like I remember one time I tried to make, make a Facebook in secret before mm-hmm. I was 13 and okay. I got in trouble for that because uh-huh. my parents found it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so there's this app called Scout. I don't think you've ever used it. because No, I don't think I've heard of it. Nobody knows what Scout is. If anybody in this comment section actually knows what Scout is, I will be shocked. Um, it's literally the worst app ever created. And it's basically Facebook, um, Tinder, everything rolled into one app. But okay. it's all location-based. So you can see anybody's post. Nothing is private. Nothing at all. And uh, people just use it to talk mm-hmm. to, like you know, the opposite sex or whatever. Not necessarily opposite sex, but use it to flirt, okay? I just have to say that she, you could tell how comfortable she is because she's never come up on the table this many times and now she's just lounging. Hi. She's like, I need to be with my ladies tonight. I know. She's so cute. Her aunt. I'm your your aunt, my child. Aunt. It's aunt. Aunt. You're her aunt. My aunt. Okay, so you're on the site of everything in one. Yeah, so just going, just going all in, all in, lying about my age. Give me any any yes. virtual dick that's possible. Literally, like <laughs> it, it, it's it's pathetic because like when I would actually get those things, like if I got a dick pic, if I got anything like that, I'm like, I don't want it. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, I'm cool enough to get one. Mm-hmm. So it was just like I an, own you now. Yeah, it's just an attention thing. Yeah, um, and so. You know, it started off as me being honest about my age, honest about myself. And then it started, you know, quickly going to, I want to interact with people older than me. I want to interact with old men, like 30, 30 plus. And I was 16. I was lying about my age. Uh, I, I would say I was 18 when I just simply was not. And <laughs> so I would mess with these people and mm-hmm. um, I got myself into some trouble. Okay. okay. So like here and there. The way that this app worked was just, like I said, people would just find your profile. Uh, I think it would basically like notify you mm-hmm. if like somebody new in your area would like make okay. one or something like that. It was yeah. weird, but people could find you really fast. And if you're like a good looking girl, mm-hmm. a lot of men are just kind of- Yeah, they're going to reach out. Yeah, literally yeah. just flood your DMs. And so got a lot of that. And I remember there's this, there's this one guy who's being really strange. Okay. He just kept sending me these voice memos and- he, I, I revealed to him at some point that I wasn't actually 18. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not looking to date. I'm not even looking to meet these people. I'm literally just doing it to like get some entertainment. It felt right. like a game. Yeah. Which is fucked up in and of itself. But he started screaming at me and he's like, through his voice memos, he's like, this is entrapment. You're a piece of shit. Like you suck. I'm going to report you uh-huh. to the police. Like yeah. everything. He was really threatening the shit mm-hmm. out of me. And I was like, Haha, that's fine. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it anyway. And like the amount of people that I would communicate with on a daily basis, like it's fucked up because I would say I am 16 and they would not give a fuck. Yeah. 
they wouldn't. So what were your conversations that you were having with these people? I mean, it was usually just like um, sugar daddy, you know, vibes. Okay. You know, I, but like, did they ever give you money? No, never. Okay. Just and like, I, I never even said anything. I, right. I was not going to do anything. Right. I was just, it was just there for entertainment purposes. Exactly. Okay. And I knew people who did actually meet, take pictures or whatever for these people. Yeah. I never crossed that boundary. And I'm really grateful I did because I feel like I I know I would have really regretted it. Yeah. Um, plus, it's just, it's really unsafe. Right. And so I know that there's a lot of girls out there who still do this yeah. and like seek this attention. But I'm telling you, if a man, when you say I'm 16 mm-hmm. or anything below 18, if he goes, eh, no big deal. He's a fucked up person. Yeah. You can't be like cool with that. You just can't. It's really... It's gross to think about, like, the kinds of people I was really speaking to. And um, I ended up kind of stopping at some point and... Did your parents ever find this out? Yeah. Okay. Not good. Not good. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. It was not... How did they find out? um, They found out because... Actually, I don't know if how much my mom knew, and I was only living with her, but my okay. dad found out from my sister, like, completely by accident, because she had caught me texting with, like, a, I want to say he was, like, 27, something uh-huh. like that. I was texting with him, and, you know, she saw, like, who the fuck are you talking to? Mm-hmm. And she was really worried about me, so she ended up telling my dad, and I got a text from him, and it spiraled into an argument with his girlfriend. It's a right. lot, so okay. not going to go there today, but it was, okay. you know... So did you delete the app after this? I don't remember if I deleted okay. it after that. I don't remember when I deleted okay. it. But when you were ready, you said when I was ready. Um, when I was done, when I was bored. Um, right. But yeah, there's this actually this one guy that, you know, I mentioned to you before, but he <laughs> so fucked up. Okay. So his profile on Scout, this is before I deleted it. He, everything was sparse. So no picture no real name, but he was like 27 and his name on the app was like Barry. It wasn't his real name, mm-hmm. but that's what he called himself on the app. And we struck up kind of a friendship. He wasn't weird. He was never overly flirtatious with yeah. me. And so I felt comfortable enough and we had like interesting-ish conversations about like shows that I liked that nobody I knew liked mm-hmm. or, you know, like stuff like Twin Peaks or whatever. Like nobody in my grade was watching the things that I was watching. Did you say how old this one was? Well, he was oh. he was 22, supposedly. Okay. And something, okay, this is kind of fun or whatever. I don't know what he looks like, mm-hmm. but I think there's something attractive about that mystery. Like, yeah. you're like, okay, I don't know what he looks like. I'm never going to meet him. Who right. cares? So, you know, I eventually, oh, eventually he reveals to me that he's 27 and that's not his real name. Barry is not his real name or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, okay, whatever, uh, which is very stupid of me. Um, but I ended up not talking to him anymore because I'm like, fuck this guy. Okay. Like this is weird. Yeah. I, I knew it was weird. Right. And so I got off, I was off the app. I was just, I was on the straight and narrow. Okay. I was just, I was just being good. I was uh-huh. being, you know, no more online dating for me. Right. And, um, he ended up finding my friend's profile and he knew that we were friends because maybe I was in a picture of hers or something, but he okay. recognized like me through this girl mm-hmm. and he DM'd her and he said, you know, Julie, I, I basically like, I want access to her again. Like I want to talk to her again. And somehow, some way I said, yes. And I decided to give him my number or whatever. Yeah. So we started talking again and we talked literally for years. Like 
I, nothing, it was so weird because he annoyed me. Yeah. He actively annoyed me. Like the things that he would say, I was just like, you're so like, can you just stop being like this? But I liked the attention. Mm-hmm. He was also, like I said, never really flirtatious. He wasn't that weird. Right. And so it was like, whatever. And one day he like stops texting me out of the blue. I'm like, I don't care because I don't give a fuck about right. this person. I'm like, that's so mean of me to say, but like, I don't care that he's not talking to me anymore. So mm-hmm. I never reached out. Right. And then all of a sudden, months later, he, he pops back up again, maybe even a year later. Uh-huh. And he's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hey, why are you just suddenly appearing out of nowhere again? And he's like, I just wanted to test you to see if you'd interact with me again. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you're literally like 28 at this yeah. point and you're, you have issues. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'm like, I'm over it, done, whatever, not going to talk to you anymore. And, you know, I knew his full name at this point. I knew like basic stuff about him, um, but I never like Googled him. Right. And I decided to like last year Uh and I Googled him and I found out that he uh, was in prison or jail for peeing on Starbucks merchandise in a Target. Um, He he pissed all over it. Oh my God. I don't know why. But when he I felt like it, he was I probably guess. probably pissed that he wasn't fucking hearing back. From I know he's like broken hearted. Yeah. <laughs> Decides to take it out on the Starbucks. Yeah. He's like, I can't talk to a minor anymore. What am I going to do? Um, so he did that. And and then that's the picture you sent me of the yeah. piss pants yeah, man yeah. in Starbucks. Okay? Yeah. So seeing that picture, I was like, oh, OK. That's one of my previous potential men. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. I know how to pick them. And you can show Nick that of this was this was who was before you. I actually should. I I, I know I told him about it, but I didn't uh-huh. show him the picture. You need to show him the picture. I think uh, he'll get a kick out of it. The picture that. is special. Yes. Um, to say the least. To, yeah, to say the least, really just mm-hmm. great. And um so that was what I was kind of dealing with at that time. Yeah. Lots of weird people like that. Um that was your online dating yeah, phase my, of men that were way way too old for you. Way too fucking old and really just like needy. Like just very you could tell that they weren't right in the head. Yeah. I mean, you can't well, be right in the head and talking to minors right. when you're almost 30. Yeah. But like, he really was not. Um, And like, actually physically, in the physical world, my life is really just different at this mm-hmm. point because like, I'm sophomore year. I, you know, my friend group decides to turn on me. Okay. So I just had a little bit of a low point. Was there a reason you think or? Um, I don't want to get too into it because it's like a lot, but um. I I just think, like, there was a fundamental mismatch yeah. of, like, interests. Mm-hmm. And um, I I won't say anything more of that. It's just, you know, they didn't like me anymore, which okay. is fine. Um, and to be fair, I was not my best self, so I can't even really fault You weren't likable at the time. Not a likable girl. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's favorite. But they decided to all kind of turn on me. Had no friends all of a sudden. And... Um, it was like the first time where I actually had a fucking moment to like really have everything that had happened in the last year or two really sink in. So like no friends, parents divorced, deaths in the family, all hitting all like just at the same time. And it completely leveled me like, you know, a rock bottom. What that was rock bottom for yeah. sure. Um, not doing well. I ended up like finding like a new group of friends. I started hanging out with theater kids. I was never a theater kid, but I was kind of like adjacent. It's kind of in that yeah. vibe. 
So I started hanging out with like these seniors and whatever, and I had a really good time. Like I actually felt like accepted. I felt like found my people or whatever, but they graduated. So that didn't last long. Well, I think too, like it seemed like you went through a couple different personalities and identities that it probably was finally like, okay, like I found this new one after hitting rock bottom. So it was probably more of actually who you were. Yeah, it was definitely like finding finding a new sense of self and just feeling like, okay, this is this feels better mm-hmm. to me or then whatever. Supreme and mega bitch. Supreme mega bitch. Bigger bitch now. Literally. I, honestly though, like being bullied like that, like being cyber bullied to the degree that I was, was the kick in the ass I needed to stop being a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And I will say like definitely took some time, but it was one of the hardest lessons I've ever had to learn. Like don't do that to other people. Yeah. Don't be. Sometimes it takes... Whether it happens to you and you know how it feels directly or growing up and just kind of like seeing how evil the world is and how how important it is to share more kindness because this world is so fucked up. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's either like one of those few things that kind of make you realize like, eh, it's – I probably really shouldn't be this horrible to people for no reason, basically. 100%. Yeah. I ended up kind of going on like a little bit of an apology tour, like apologizing to, apologizing to people I'd been mean to like consciously. Um, because honestly, I will say there's stuff that I'm probably still not conscious of that I did that I was just like, oh, yeah, just not even thinking about it. Right. You know? And I mean, I think I told you too, like there was multiple people years later yeah. that I've like tried to follow on Instagram. And they've just declined me or like girls that have told me like you really like ruined my middle school years. And I'm like. Huh? Yeah. Like, because I don't remember it like that. Like, yeah, I was a bitch, but I don't remember actually having that horrible of an effect on people. And I remember exactly. when the one girl told me, I was like, I'm truly so sorry. Like, I didn't know. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, yeah. and honestly, thank you for telling me because now it's like, at least I have the chance to apologize. But it's like, yeah, I don't, you, there's a lot of things that I think you just didn't even, you don't even realize, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you just in general in life, you don't realize the effect that words and stuff can have and that's why everybody listening it's so important to hold like I think it's this goes for everyone it's just like you don't always have to say and share what you're thinking because even if to you it makes sense or it's stupid or whatever else it's like it could really hurt someone absolutely and it's it does not matter right you're not with your friends if it's bugging you and itching you that bad I usually just tell my mom because she doesn't really yeah. seem to like answer back or judge. So I'm just like, oh my God, this motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And then she just listens or my grandma. But it's like, you know, it's, if you really want to get it out, it's like about getting, maybe get it out to different people than yeah. to like the direct source. Right. It's just like, it's, it hurts people. A- absolutely. Or write it in a fucking journal, you know? Right. That's a good it's point too. Also just having aged, I have so much less of that, that kind of thought process. I'm not thinking mean right. things about people anymore. You're not I don't, like deliberately like t- working as a bitch. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what that, you know, I, I had been for so long just thinking so negatively about people around me thinking I'm, you know, I am, I know that there's no God, so you're stupid or whatever I'm yeah. fucking thinking. But it really was a huge, huge experience for me to have that done to me. I was like, okay, yeah, that's over. Yeah. That's just going to cut the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I will say like I'm, I definitely wasn't perfect immediately. Okay. There's definitely shit that I needed to learn beyond that. And I'm still learning. Everybody's always growing yep. continually. But, you know, after that happened, you know, you get leveled at certain points in your life. That yep. was an absolute leveling Leveler. for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just leveled me. 
And so like going into junior year, I was just very like, I guess, uh, tentative. Maybe that's the right word. Um, timid kind of, I, I don't think I have the capacity to be timid, to be mm-hmm. honest. I don't, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who's like, no, you don't come off that way. Thanks. <laughs> even if you are. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely like, I knew how to present myself confidently, whether or not I was yeah. confident. And I just kind of like, I just, I, I, you were more reserved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, just, I had fewer friends Okay. and that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't care. I was like, okay, this is, you know, it's yeah. what's done is done and we're not going to really, you know, patch things up. I did patch it up with some other people, but anyway, um, I was very still like miserable. I wasn't good yet. I wasn't happy. And I'm, I'm a junior at this point. I start having this crazy existential crisis because I watched um, Interstellar. And there's this moment where Michael Caine's character, spoiler alert, dies. And he's mm-hmm. like speaking as he dies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that I internalized, oh, I'm actually going to die one day. That's crazy. And um, I literally would just stay up all night, every night for like six months. Could not sleep. Was just constantly thinking about, oh, Julie, you're going to die. Remember that. Death, death, death. That's all I was thinking about, yeah. which is really not good. Started smoking, started like, you know, kind of taking more risks uh-huh. um, with people. I was not a partier throughout mm-hmm. high school. Never went to one, like, literally never went to one except uh, once I hit it, uh, once I hit junior year. Yeah. Was not. Right. Not into that scene. Um, and I smoked weed like a lot. I hotboxed in a car. Cool ass don't, bitch. Don't watch this, anybody um in my family. Uh, <sighs> so a hot box in a car, whatever. And I had a fucking freak out. Um, I experienced something called derealization for the first time in my life. And it's basically where um your surroundings don't feel real. Like whatever you're experiencing in that moment. Yeah, that happens to me every time I smoke too. Yes, exactly. Like I know we've talked about yeah. this before. Um, very scary. So scary. And like the first time you feel that is a very, uh, just like mind blowing experience mm-hmm. in a way and not, not in a good way. No. Um, and that just completely like altered my partying life. I literally so short lived. This is like right. the first party I went to. It was pretty much the last one and done one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, everything was like kind of fine. I decided to run for like student body president. So I got that. Great. Cool. I was president of the school senior year. So every morning at 7 a.m. I had to be up and eh, so happy to see everybody and um, speaking publicly every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot. Yeah. I did not like it at all. I really had a hard time because you know me. If I'm not happy, I can't act like I'm happy. Right. I have a really, really hard time doing that. I can act semi like, okay, whatever, but I can't put on a smile if I'm not, right? you know, jazzed. Uh, yeah, I don't know how people do that. Like I am not good. If I have something in my mind that's negative yep. or I'm upset, I am so bad at not showing that. Oh my God, I know. Like I don't know how people can just put on this face of like, hi, you know, and just act like everything's fine and dandy when it's not. I suck at that. I know. It's incredibly difficult. I wish I was better at it. Me too. That would be, make life a little bit easier. Yeah, it would make things like a little bit less transparent for the audience yes. here. As you guys know, we we hate each other and mm-hmm. like our interactions um, fake. you can just tell. All fake. fake. Hate. Mm-hmm. Hate. Yep. Anyway. Loathe. Um, loathe. 
Stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so funny. Um, so I, uh, I guess I decided to like smoke again right before the, the year started. Mm-hmm. And I had another derealization experience. Only thing that was different this time is that it didn't stop. So right before I'm supposed to be in front of everybody every fucking morning, mm-hmm. I experience a pretty significant change in my mental health. Okay. Yeah. I, I hate talking about it this way because it's so like, ah, I dealt with this. But but you did. I did. Um, so I'm literally just like kind of like out of my mind every mm-hmm. single morning. I remember the way that um, our morning assemblies worked was that I was basically the MC. So I had a list of things that I had to go through every single day, introduce people. Um, There's always a senior speech. Mm-hmm. So one senior or two seniors every day would make a speech and then like going through um, – like announcements, whatever. So there's one day where a particular girl had spoken. And I remember um, I was like just going about my day mm. and people were talking about the speaker. And I literally said, that didn't happen yet. Like, I don't remember that. It happened that morning. Yeah. And I literally was not, I was not awake. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. But something, I was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the moment where I was like, okay, I seriously have a really bad issue. Like, yeah, I don't know something's wrong. Don't know what's happening. Started going to therapy again. I mean, I'd been to Do you therapy. think that was from smoking? I do. I okay. think it triggered something in me. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, I, I don't know. I've done some research on it, but mm-hmm. it's like kind of confusing a little bit. Okay. Because derealization is like, I think it's like a form of dissociation. Yeah. Um, And there's like dissociative identity disorder. Definitely not what I have. But there are just a slew of things that like, mm-hmm. I've never been truly formally diagnosed. I have discussed it with a therapist, but not like a psychiatrist okay. or anything. But anyway. Yeah. So I think it was because of the smoking because mm-hmm. that's the first time I ever felt it. Right. And um, yeah, it's just not good. And I really hated being president, not only just because I'm like suffering, but it became like a PR Mm -hmm. role. And as we're just talking about, for somebody who can't pretend I'm like happy and just doing well, pretending I'm loving my experience and I'm loving my school was really, really, really hard for me. Right. Because I saw so much shit that I didn't like about my school. And when you're president, you have a fuck ton of responsibilities that you you basically are an employee of the school. You gain a level of knowledge about the way things work that nobody else has. Yeah. Um, except for like the vice president who's kind of working with you. And it's too much. Um, it's I was responsible for suspending people. I was like, I had a lot of responsibilities that mm-hmm. were too much for a high schooler. Like they basically have you on this board of people who um, it's called the disciplinary board. And there's also the honor board. So I was on honor board. I was president of honor board. So we would have students come in who had cheated or anything else. And your responsibility is to come up with a sentence for them. So you literally like as a high schooler, as however old you are, there are freshmen in this group Mm -hmm. and you have to convene together and say, this person deserves four days suspension or an expulsion or whatever for whatever they've done. And you basically like put that towards the headmistress or whatever. And then mm-hmm. she decides what to do. But you are responsible for here. Interesting. It's like a trial. Yeah. Like you're, you're literally a tribunal. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was too much responsibility. Um, I don't think they'll change that. 
it's like a lot on a kid too. It is. And yeah. like I'm I'm 18, but right. it's like I guess in a way that's them trying to like like you said give you guys some sort of sense yeah. of like take responsibility, here's the yes. consequences, don't do it yourself, yes. you know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And also like be a voice for the students mm-hmm. because we're yeah. we're there advocating for them even though we are ultimately <laughs> suspending them for right. things we are supposed to be there to be like, uh-huh. yeah, don't do that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so senior year, like my mentality towards other people has really changed. So like, I'm no longer this person who's really looking down on other people in my class. My senior speech was about how I'm atheist or whatever, and how I learned to stop resenting or thinking of other people as dumb because they don't think the same way I do. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing in my life that I really value. Like if you have a different opinion than me, I'm going to hear you and I'm going right. to listen to whatever you you have to say. Right. You don't have to agree, but exactly. that's why, you know, everybody in this world is going to have different opinions. Right. And, and that's okay. Yeah. And there's, I think it's called decentering, but it's basically that practice of saying that everybody has a different experience in their life mm-hmm. that makes them think the way that they think. Yeah. And it's important not to invalidate that unless somebody's saying like, unless somebody's opinion is like, directly in conflict with somebody else's existence like right or, or like right something that is right something that is hateful or yeah says it's okay to kill people or right. whatever but like in general people are gonna have different opinions and they're yeah. gonna have and that's just endless exactly endless yeah and for a long time i'd been that kind of person who was like okay you don't agree with me fuck you fuck you you're dumb we're and, dumb. and we're, you're dumb we're dumb yeah. fuck you yeah literally um and by this point in my life, no longer like that. I really like hearing mm-hmm. other people's opinions. And still to this day. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I like to learn why people think the way that they right. think. And it's interesting too, because you learn different perspectives. I used yeah. to kind of be like that too, where I just didn't really care if you didn't agree with me. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, I don't I don't care if you don't agree with me. I just want to kind of be social and talk. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so give it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a healthy way to go about mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, so like I... God, senior year was a fucking blur, but basically... It was a blur because of the, the weed literally. Just, just took a toll on your fucking... <laughs> yeah, my... Your brain. My and drug it was use. Just, yeah. Just really took a toll. But yeah, so um, I'm like stressed out about everything. Life is just not, you know, going my way uh, at a private school. Um, the, the emphasis in a private school is go to a good college. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Your parents send you to this fancy place that costs however freaking much, more than a lot of colleges, this school costs. That is cost. true, yeah. And, um, you know, the expectation is that you're going to go to a place that's um, equally as prestigious. Hello, little child. Let me just put my asshole in your notes. Stop, she's so <laughs> um, But I, I had like a goal in mind. And honestly, throughout my entire education, I'd been very set on like, I really... I really wanted to go to MIT for a little bit. I wanted to be a scientist. I wanted mm-hmm. to be an astronomer. Um, but then reality set in and I said, oh, I don't know how to do math. Yeah. And I decided, okay, not going to happen. What's my next best interest? Oh, I like politics. I guess I'll study that. And I started touring schools or whatever. And I decided on Tulane, which is a really like prestigious, but also heavily party school in mm-hmm. New Orleans. It was my dream school. I had like nailed my interviews and stuff like that. I'd done a really good job with with all the rigmarole of getting uh-huh. into a school. And I got in. And I'm like hooting and hollering. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. I got in. Lucky me. 
good job. And I didn't really focus on any of my other applications Mm -hmm. because I didn't care. Um, And what ended up happening was tuition. Tuition is $70,000. Wow. 70. Ooh. A year? A year. It's probably more now because this was in 2018. Wow. Yeah. 70,000. And the scholarship that they offered me or financial aid, it wasn't even a scholarship. It was just like Mm -hmm. not even a drop in the bucket. And at that point, you know, family can't afford it. You know, it's it's too much. Um, And I I actually didn't even really touch on this. But after my parents divorced and everything, like my mom and I downsized, we moved to this, you know, just townhouse kind Mm -hmm. of like nearby here. And like my dad was completely like different town entirely. Mm-hmm. He even moved out of state at one point, but you know, we're not. So your original childhood home gone. Gone. Okay. And somebody else had moved in it like that. They'd moved in or we had moved out the end of my freshman mm-hmm. year. So we hadn't been living there this entire time. Finances were completely different than they used to be um, for a slew of different reasons that again, can't get into. Yeah. Um, but I will say it does involve a Hillary Clinton conspiracy theory, but don't do research because I might get in trouble. Okay. And I'm not actually lying about Hillary Clinton. She is involved. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the finances weren't there. Okay. The finances weren't there for $70,000 a year school. So couldn't go. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So I decide next best thing, I'm waitlisted at UC Santa Barbara. And um, how much was tuition there? mm, I think out of state, it's still really expensive. It's like 60 grand, something like that. And in state, I think it's 30 Mm -hmm. um, with like room and board. But my mom and I were like, my mom was looking for jobs out there. So we're thinking, okay, we live there for a year and then we can get in state. Mm -hmm. Um, So the whole plan was basically like, okay, if I get into UC Santa Barbara, I'm going there. If I don't, I'm going to their community college. I did not end up getting into UC Santa Barbara. So I went to the community college there. Mm-hmm. And boy, in, was it In bad. California? In California. Okay. So my mom and I moved out together. Um, also, like, end of, end of school, graduating and stuff, I meet Nick. And we hit it off. We're in a relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because at that time... I don't know if you remember this, but Nick had told me this, so you might not have even heard it, but like Nick, Brandon, Corey, and like the the JBP team was mm-hmm. thinking about moving to California or whatever. Okay. I think it was, I think Nick was honestly just not making it up, but I think he was like- Making it seem more realistic? Yeah. Okay. Because at that point I decided I was moving and I wasn't looking to get in a relationship. And I'd been on Tinder again. And here's where another story comes in, or actually a couple. I'd been on Tinder again. I'm sorry. I'm like really just talking your ear off. No, it's good. I like it. <laughs> learning more about you. Yeah. So back on Tinder. God, this is this is a lot. I, I'm finishing school mm-hmm. at um, in like May in my at my school. You're not graduated yet technically, mm-hmm. but you are like free. You basically don't have to come into school anymore besides exams. And then you're also starting... Um, an internship Um, like it's a two week long internship that you do at the end of um, at the end of school as a graduation requirement that's it so I was basically working for a congressman I was like my life was just yeah it was like looking up things Mm -hmm. are cool and I'm about to finally be done with school whatever so I get back on tinder because I no longer have the responsibility of being miss goody two shoes Mm -hmm. 
because at my school, another thing about the, being president was like, they sit you down and they tell you, if you do anything bad, you will be like fucked for life. They literally tell you, yeah. like all eyes are on you. And if anybody sees you drinking, if anybody sees That's you drinking, That's how they make, yeah, everybody makes it like that. That's exactly. why they say like change your Facebook name yes, before yes. college. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like that entire year, I didn't do anything. I didn't have a Finsta. I didn't do just shit. Right. They told us to delete Finsta, by the way, which is like hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's like, it's just a private place to right. vent, but okay. Anyway, I'm back on Tinder and I am communicating again with old men. This time I'm 18 though. I'm like This almost, time it's legal. This time it's legal. Um, And I'm like, my birthday's in October. I'm like, well on my way to being like 19, okay? Anyway. So I'm communicating with these like 30, 40, 50 mm-hmm. year old men. But this time I'm really like focusing hard on just like messing with them. I'm not even remotely thinking about like dating, whatever. I'm just having fun. And I got into contact with like a couple of different people. There's this one guy who was in a cult and like that was his bio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting because yeah. I am like just so fascinated by them. I would right. watch all this stuff on Scientology and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I decided to talk to him and oh my God, like he would, he told me everything about this cult. It was super interesting. He sent me articles, blah, blah, blah. And I just saw my text with them the other day because I- uh-huh. You were, you were <laughs> just digging up dirt on yourself. I was, yes, I was digging up dirt on myself for this show. Uh-huh. And holy fuck, the way that this guy spoke to me is so- gross like oh god he would say stuff like how are you 18 like you can't you can't possibly be this this smart or this blah 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 most people your age are idiots and then he i guess he was moving at the time Mm -hmm. and one of the texts he sent me he was like i'm so glad that i moved i literally would have fallen for an 18 year old like oh my god ew you're in your 30s yeah sir stop did that scare you at all or not really you just didn't really care i you're just in it for a good time I think it did scare me because yeah. I obviously I did stop talking to him, but I was I was just interested in his cult experience. I right. Didn't, I didn't yeah. want the fucking I don't baggage. want a date. I just want to know the ends of the cult. I know. I just want just come on, just, just give me information. Uh, please, just give yeah. me the information. I don't need anything. It was else. like a real life um, <laughs> documentary for you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It was just doing research. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that was too much. At the same time, I was uh, I got into contact with another guy who was literally the most aggressive person I've ever spoken to. And this guy would just send me like message after message. He'd also like in his bio said like, okay, if you're interested in money, I can do that. Like that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, oh shit, I want want money. Mm -hmm. I've, I'd always thought about getting a sugar daddy, but I never had the balls to do it. Yeah. I just, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I knew that I would just not be good at that. Mm -hmm. I can't. can't. It is a very, like even, and I've shared my story, but like even for someone like me that I feel like is was more open um, and experienced in that kind of stuff, yeah. it still was a very regretful feeling for a while. Yeah. Like it was just this gross feeling of just like, why am I doing this? But then yeah. I like once you get the money, then you're like, but I want to keep getting the money. So you just right. keep – it's probably where my OnlyFans career started. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, it's it's – the thought of actually yeah. having to do the things that they want you to do. It's like, it's there a also lot. Was, I feel like there was nothing that you really like felt in your life that you like gave, that gave you that push of like, I need this. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that's true. You, yeah. Like no matter what, we never really like truly struggled. Even right. though things were different, we weren't going through like a massive financial mm-hmm. upheaval. Um, Like 
I'm so grateful for that. But yeah, like just, um, this guy was really aggressive. Okay. And he would offer me money and he lived very close by and he would tell me kind of like where he lived Mm -hmm. or whatever, but he would not tell me his name. Like he wouldn't give me his full name. He would not tell me any details about himself. Yeah. And it was fucking weird because I mean, I feel like it's kind of obvious why now he's not telling me these things because he doesn't want me to just go and expose him or something because he's trying to get nudes out of an Mm 18-year-old. He was so aggressive and so fucking weird that, um, like, he he did this thing where every time I was basically saying no to him, like, getting nudes out of me or something like that, he would say, "Um, I'm just getting out of a breakup. I, I don't have time for games. Why are you acting like this? He was like so sensitive about it. Yeah. He just kept talking about right. his breakup and how mm-hmm. upset he was about it. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Give me the money. Right. Whatever. And um, eventually he sends me this text. And after I say no again mm-hmm. to sending him, you know, pictures. And he's like, um, if, if you f- use my name, likeness or anything about me to expose me, I am going to take legal action against you. You cannot speak to me this way or whatever. And he's like, I am a very important person. I'm very like, I'm prominent, blah, blah, blah. Googled him. I found, I found his stuff recently. He, he doesn't exist. Like, I don't know who this guy thinks he is. Maybe he's in the fucking FBI. I don't know. Right. But he would not tell me anything. He was just so fucking weird. So I decided I was going to take a picture that like my friend had sent me of his brother mm-hmm. and just sent him this picture. And I said, the real reason I can never meet with you is because this is me. I'm not who I said I was or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he freaked out and he blocked me. And um, that was that. Wait. <laughs> you took a picture of his brother? So I had another friend. Okay. Who I was texting about this whole thing because it was just so yeah. like wild to me. And um, he was like, oh, here, send him this picture and say, like, you're catfishing him. Basically. Oh, okay. So, so not was, his brother. Like, yes. a, a guy. Okay. A Another guy. guy's brother. Got it. Um, So that's what I did. And, and then he flipped out and blocked you. Yeah. Okay. So it was cool. Um, And then, like, around this time, maybe a, a month, two months later, mm-hmm. I meet Nick and whatever. Yeah. Everything's good. And for the first time in my life, I'm like, okay, like, I'm actually really interested in this person. Mm-hmm. And they make me feel comfortable. I'd had literally... I want to say thousands of conversations with men. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, at one point I had like 3000 matches on Tinder or something. I was a fiend. I would like every what single person. What is that person. called? Like you were like a Tinder junkie T- or Tinderella? something. Yeah, something. <laughs> so you were something along the lines. I just insane. Mm-hmm. I was a Scouterella. I was a, a Tinderella. Um, mm-hmm. God, and everything ew. in between. Everything in between. Yeah. Omegarella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so once I meet Nick and I'm like moving and everything is kind of like changing Everything was fine for a little bit. And then I got on birth control and then I just went fucking nuts. And um, when I was in Santa Barbara at school, like Nick and I were long distance. Things were like really, you know, exciting in terms of our relationship. But also I started experiencing a lot of like uh, insecurity, anxiety. Like I just felt so bad about myself all the time. And I literally, I think it's all because of birth control because I did not look bad by any means. I didn't like, excuse me. I think I honestly had a little bit of like body dysmorphia or something because like looking back on my pictures, I'm like, I literally, I am so thin. I'm like, ugh, it's like gross, uh, mm-hmm. almost not gross. That sounds so mean, but like, I'm like, it's what's gross to me is how much I hated myself when I looked decent yeah. anyway. So hated it, moved back here. 
um, for multiple reasons. Nick being one of them, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I just wanted to be closer to him. I always kind of knew like he was really going to be something special. Because mm-hmm. in all the conversations I ever had with the guy, nobody ever made me feel the way that Nick did. Right. They were usually... Yeah, pretty much most of the time they're after well, something. Well, you also finally found someone that was in the proper age range. Yes. You know? so that Only, only five-something years older than me? Yeah. Still, Woo. she was still obviously always into older men, so. No, funny thing is that when I was on Tinder at this time, mm-hmm. I just randomly selected 24 as like the youngest age okay. I was willing to date. Mm-hmm. And he was 24 at the time. So if I had said it even a year older, I never right. would have met him. That's which crazy. Is so fucking weird to think yeah. about. Yeah. And he even told me, like, he was maybe, like, a few days away from deleting the app. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to think that we would have just been. Right. Never, never have met. Never I literally, paths. I think if we had never met, I would have gone down a very dark path. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like since you've been with him, maybe, like, it's made you have, like, I feel like already it seems, it seems like you had kind of gone off in many different directions to, yeah. like, find yourself. But then I feel like going down his direction in that relationship, it made you branch off into like a million other directions. You know yeah, what I mean? So definitely. it's like it gave you even more experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what I was lacking in my life was stability. Mm-hmm. And like for the first time I had this- Right, because you never dated anybody, nope. right? Okay. No, like I I had, you know, gone on dates with like one boy, actually two, two different boys mm-hmm. or whatever, but nothing ever came of it. Right. And just nothing ever felt right. And yeah. always like when I was with Nick, Pretty much like from the first time that we even started texting, I was like, this is somebody that I can actually see myself being comfortable with, wanting to see and all that stuff. And he gave me that stability that I always needed. And he also taught me to like stop taking myself so seriously because you know how Nick is and actually everybody in this group is. No holds barred. You know, you get roasted. Mm -hmm. And I needed that. I needed like a good person who could roast me, but also like, not take it personally when mm-hmm. I roast him. So like I could get my little bitchiness out here and there, right. but like it's never serious mm-hmm. and I'm never hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all that happened and um, you know, with school, I know you wanted to talk about this, but um I decided to study political science. Like it was like I said before, can't do math. Mm-hmm. I didn't I I knew I couldn't do something in STEM because even though I knew like that's more lucrative, that's the, s- the smarter thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, I just knew I would struggle and I'm not the kind of person who can handle struggle. Yeah. You know, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to feel stupid at any point. Right. So if I'm in a class like where I feel stupid, I am out of there. Right. And that's only really happened once. And guess what? It was a fucking math class. Mm-hmm. But, um, Political science is like one of these degrees that is very oversaturated and there's a lot of people who do it. Um, No hate to anybody who does do it. Nothing wrong with it. Um, It is a genuinely interesting subject. That's why I took it. That's why I decided to major in it. And, you know, school was mostly a lot of like, just here's some shit, just memorize it or whatever. Like, who cares? Write a paper. And not much of substance. I only had maybe three classes that I really feel like I got so much out of and I will never forget. And they were all political philosophy classes. Those were the best ones. But I just graduated. I have not found a job. Except for this. Woo! Yes. But seriously, I mean, it's fucking hard. Like, 
Um, what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, that's because when you were saying, like, I wanted you to touch on it. I think that it's really important because, and I've seen this happen, too. There was a kid that I knew, um, brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like did everything right that he could have. Yeah. And never really and straight a student i mean you know and never got the job that he wanted he probably still i mean i don't who am i to talk i don't know but like mm-hmm. i feel like there were years went by that i was friends with him that i feel like he never landed a job that he truly loved and wanted based yeah. on his major and i just feel like it is important to talk about because and i know brandon kind of touched on this too not saying college isn't important you know what i mean i think it's good to have the degree you know it's it's always there like i have a degree as you guys know and I wouldn't I wouldn't want less than what I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just the truth is it doesn't matter how smart you are sometimes and how big of a degree you have. I think unless you're maybe going like the nursing or doctor or something path where it's like yeah. this continuous like work, work, work and in, in school until you basically are just like thrown into a hospital or something. It's like, I don't know, you maybe won't start out exactly where you want, but you're kind of it's this like ladder effect, whereas I feel like with these other majors, it's like you can apply, but you're probably not going to get the job you want. Yeah. Or you're probably going to have to work in a job that has nothing to do with your major. Um, yeah. And I felt like I, that's why I wanted you to touch on it, because I just feel like that's something that happens to so many people. And like you said, we're taught that, oh, if you go to college, you're going to get a good job. You're going to get paid well. But that's not always the case. No. And it's also important for people to realize that times are changing so much mm-hmm. and it's not the same anymore of like, I, I feel like you don't have to follow that like path that Absolutely. has been put out for us for so many years. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, the important thing is like connections. Mm-hmm. Connections are- It's all in who you know. Literally. It's like that's so, it's so true. And I've always known it was true, but like- I know, right? <laughs> the older I get and the more I see it, it's like, wow, this world's fucked up. Yeah. If you know the right people, you'll get to where you want to be. And if you don't, well, have fun struggling until you possibly do or possibly don't. Literally, like, fuck you, basically. Mm -hmm. It is 100% who you know, not what you know. I I did not make any effort in my college career of making connections. Mm -hmm. I did not care because, like, half of my life was spent uh, you know, I, I would have school half the week and then half the week I'd be hanging out with Nick and hang out with you guys. And like during COVID things got super weird because you're not in school anymore. Everything's online. And like, I had to do school at my dad's house, which is in like bum fuck. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not making any connections there. Mm-hmm. Also, you're not going out at that time because mm-hmm. it's COVID or whatever. So, you know, how are you supposed to make these just excellent, you know, great uh, friendships and connections with people who are going to get you where you want to go. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, that was one thing that my school, like my high school really taught me was like, you should do as much as you can to make good connections with people and interview or whatever, like do whatever you need to do. But at the end of the day, didn't, I didn't do it. Right. And look where I am. I'm just in this shitty little studio doing mm-hmm. the worst work I could possibly be doing. Yeah. I'm just suffering. Right. I'm suffering. Right. And this is why you should go to college and get a master's and yeah. everything else that you're not suffering like Julie. Yes, exactly. But mm-hmm. seriously, I mean, I I have this job because I know you and we're friends mm-hmm. and like we're passionate, passionate about this. But like if we weren't in this situation, where the fuck would I be? You know, right. like, yeah, I got really close to potentially securing another job. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's happening now is like, 
places are stopping hiring because there's a recession. Yeah. Uh, and then it's looming. like sometimes too, it's like even when you can sometimes get the jobs that you apply for one, it's like a lot of times they don't pay you for the amount of hours you're putting in. Absolutely not. And then it sucks because it's like even though you're getting like a base pay or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, but I'm working every day from this time to this time and half the time you're in the office. You know, yep. it's just – it's times are – and with COVID – Things are so different too because now people don't always want to go in anymore and they don't really yeah. have to. So it's like then it's the struggle of like, well, I don't want to go into work. I want to work from home. Yeah. So it's like. There's a whole bunch of shit yeah. that's going on right now. And like I'm so grateful that I have the space and the time mm-hmm. to do this because yeah. like we're building something that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky that I can live with my dad as, as of right now and like not have to worry about like, you know crazy rent payments or whatever because rent is a whole freaking other thing as you know you're about to turn what how old 23 so getting old yeah but yeah like let me see if i have anything else on here yeah that's pretty much you know Mm -hmm. what the vibe is it's just it's it's hard to get a so job. So Julie's out here. opening a GoFundMe. I am. Um, Please donate. <laughs> she now. wants to move out on her own. So if you guys could help, any Please, help is appreciated. The podcast will stop if you guys don't pay me. Yeah, it will. A hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So that I can live. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. But no, I think I think that that's a great fucking come up story. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously though, it's. I think it's really good because like as you're telling me all of this stuff. It's crazy how I feel like there's so many young girls, whether it be high school or even college, that could really, really relate to everything you're saying. Because like I said, like I feel like you and I have um, very, very different experiences. But a lot of things you said, like I think – like I went through those phases too. And and it's funny. This is really random, but just kind of like a thing to make you understand in a way. But I was on TikTok and this girl was like – it was just a very – it wasn't even filmed that well. It was like a dark quality video. Mm -hmm. But the screen was like what life in your mid-20s looks like. And it was literally like her at the gym, her like making maybe like bre- like oats. And then it was like her with her cat. And then it was like literally like everything that I feel like at least 80, 80 to 90% of what I do. Yeah. And it was so crazy to me because I was like, wait, I'm not actually – I don't want to say I'm not the actually that unique. But like sometimes you feel like alone in what you're doing and like you're on this journey alone. But – in reality, there's so many other people that are on the exact same journey or path as you. And maybe maybe not the exact in sense of like what they're doing in their free time. Like some people might have different hobbies or whatever else. But it's like I just feel like there's a lot of people that your story is going to like resonate with because yeah. whether it be like the divorce part or like the school part and like going through a phase of just like being unhappy and like miserable and like shedding that off on other people. And, yeah. Um, there's so many people that come out of college with a job and or without a come out of college without a job and struggle to find one and are still struggling and it's yeah. those are very common realities definitely and I think that that's something that's really relatable and helpful for helpful for people to hear because you know obviously since we are on social media it's very easy for people to watch videos and watch stuff and be like oh she has it so good or like I yeah. wish I had it like her but like you don't actually know what happens behind the scenes so yeah. I think it is really cool that yeah. you're able to share all that and. <gasps> You know, you just have a really good fucking story and you're just amazing. And I'm so happy that you could be my fucking guest. Oh my God, thank you so much. I, you know, this, I'm just glad that my producer could come on and, and just share her shit. Okay? Yeah. Actually, I want to add one more thing. Go ahead, add it. Um, To inspire the people out there. So something else I wanted to say was just that, you know, everything gets so much better with time. So like the whole divorce shit, 
my family just disintegrating in front of my fucking eyes, mm-hmm. that has completely like pretty much evaporated. Yeah. You know, as time goes on, it's been almost 10 years since everything first happened. Like my relationship with my dad is better than ever. Mm-hmm. My relationship with my sisters is fantastic. Like I, I think time distance and like just kind of all of us each absorbing like what has happened and, you know, dealing with it apart and then Mm -hmm. kind of coming together and talking about it is fantastic for us. Like all of our, all of our relationships have improved exponentially since that first thing happening. Um, Except for my parents' relationship that is irreparable, Mm -hmm. but you know, I hope that one day it'll improve who freaking knows, but time is growth. It is. And I think whenever, when people say like, Oh, time is like the best healer. It's, never seems that way and it really right. you really don't see it until like years go by and like you see yourself changing as a person and improving in things that like you know like you become a better person but it really is time is growth seriously yeah, absolutely so if anybody out there is just struggling with you know your parents are getting divorced literally any problem yeah. i promise you years years ahead of right now you're gonna feel a million times better and so. it'll probably help you really grow and transform into a person hopefully yeah. for the better yeah but if, even if you have those down days it's julie's been with you and yeah i've been there too and if you're a in your supreme mega bitch phase yeah we feel you yeah we're with mm-hmm. you <laughs> well that being said thank you julie thank you devora <laughs>